0: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at Bankofamerica.com/slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, Member FDSC. When you're a 415 415.
1: You're all about your San Francisco 49ers.
0: And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more and more. Welcome to the
1: 415 hosted by Evan Giddings and Mark Grandy.
0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the 415ers podcast. As always on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. A lot to get into here on our second episode of the week. We're coming at you twice every week here in the offseason. That is Mark Grandy. I'm Evan Giddings. Mark, my man. How are you? I'm doing well, Evan. Uh, we're recording this
1: uh, Wednesday evening, just after seven o'clock. Uh, what does that mean? Is uh, some baseball games out east just wrapped up? And I just hit myself a nice little parlay. I gotta say, and the, the uh the last leg was the uh, Toronto Blue Jays, and they were down two in the ninth, and they came back and won it in the tenth. So I'm riding high right now, Evan. How are you doing?
0: Well, I'm all right, but tell the other people what the other legs were. Tell the people what you were sprinkling on Mark. Uh, so I
1: was also on the Seattle Mariners who won early in the day. Uh, mm-hmm. I did not bet on your Oakland A's. Uh, no, that's a not, shame. Not, they, not they, they actually a's.
0: got a win for it seems like the first time this season. They,
1: they did get a win. Uh, the Atlanta Braves as well. Just a just a simple
0: three-leg parlay, but you know, we take we take what we can get that's a fact three yeah. skips and a stone's throw equals a mm-hmm. uh, pretty penny for Mark Grandy. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think everything is going pretty well. Look, this week has been you know, maybe perhaps a little bit slow as far as 49ers news is concerned. Um, but of course we draw closer to draft time. Some rumors are coming out and, and sort of the big, I guess, draft prospect uh, news surrounding San Francisco, at least as we're recording this here on Wednesday night is the fact that UCLA quarterback, Dorian Thompson Robinson, he is declared for the draft after five years in Southern California, potentially could be on the 49ers radar because according to Aaron Wilson, a reporter down in Houston said that DTR, as most people know him in the Pac-12, as we are very familiar with, was working out with uh, the San Francisco 49ers. And so I've seen some you know, perhaps conclusions jump to, I know the last episode, Mark, we talked about Trey Lance's future and kind of, I think draft night being a big potential line in the sand, maybe for him in the 49ers. Uh, but, but what did you kind of read into as far as DTR is concerned, uh, potentially being on the 49ers radar? Uh, yeah. Well, I, I think it's interesting. Trey
1: Lance obviously has a big deal. You know, he's, he's heavily involved with this, I think there's a very real possibility that whether or not the Niners trade Trey Lance, they'll still draft a quarterback. Uh, you know, what's the harm in drafting someone late in the draft like they did with Brock Purdy last year? Maybe you get lucky and you strike gold, um and and you're set. Uh but of course, if they trade Trey Lance, they are 100% drafting a quarterback. And of course, I mean this is a really quarterback heavy draft. The Niners are not going to get into the top 10, not even into the first round to draft one of those highly sought after quarterbacks. So where does that leave them? They need to be looking at some middle of the pack quarterbacks. And I could make the case if I if I really wanted to, Evan, that the fact that the 49ers are holding a private workout for Dorian Thompson Robinson, who had some flashes. I personally really like him i'm not so sure that his his uh skills translate to the nfl level but i can make the case evan that if the niners are looking at dorian thompson robinson more than just looking at him they hosted a, a whole their own private workout with him um maybe that's another tell that they're looking to trade trey lance maybe if they were content with trey lance they wouldn't be looking at dtr who's probably going to be drafted what Round three, round four, something like that is is what it would seem like to me. If they were content with Trey Lance, if they were not planning on drafting him, maybe they don't draft the quarterback until the sixth or seventh round. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of just talking through the logic in my own head as we go here. But I could maybe make that case that if they were looking to trade Trey Lance, DTR would be one of the first guys on their radar because he's probably going to go relatively early in the draft when it comes to where their picks are their first pick is in the third round which is where some people have dtr mocked going so um i think it makes a lot of sense if what we are talking about over the last couple of weeks that the trey lance time in santa Clara is coming to a close it makes a lot of sense to me evan i don't know how you feel about it um but it it seems it seems to check out it it seems to make some sense to me
0: yeah, I sort of read this as the 49ers doing their due diligence. And Dorian Thompson, Thompson Robinson is, by all accounts, a, you know, a pretty solid quarterback and a guy that, like you said, is going to fall towards the later part of the draft. And who knows, the 49 also have multiple fifth round picks, a sixth, you know, some sevenths. And so there is going to be multiple chances, I think, to draft a guy like this. But let's take a look at the mold itself. He's relatively undersized, you know, six foot, 210 ish pounds. He is versatile as a dual threat guy and at least is coming off a pretty accurate season in which we saw him, I think, complete about 69% of his passes. I'm going to leave out Mark, however, that he was trailing at the half to Cal. So uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that part. Oh, out. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to make job. too much of it. And the golden bears, you know, potentially given this guy fits, um, just, Cal an defense. Sister, by the way. just
1: an elite defense out there in Cal, you know,
0: no one walks into Memorial unscathed. <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty sure that game was in Pasadena, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but no, it's look, it, it it makes sense as a type of quarterback. I think the 49ers are after, which is mobile, you know, pretty accurate. And for where they're picking, you're not going to get a guy that can really shock you with those physical tools. And I also just think it, it kind of fits philosoph- philosophically with what we've seen them do with their quarterbacks recently or what we've kind of seen them shift towards, which is try and throw as many different fish lines in and see what you can get as far as the quarterback is concerned. If something bites like Brock Purdy, then you find yourself with a guy who's on a rookie contract and you can, as we've seen this off season, go out and spend big money on Javon Hargrave and, you know, maybe give obviously a big contract to Nick Bosa who knows if you're negotiating with Brandon Ayuk or not. You can spend so much money elsewhere. And so I think the 49ers, I don't know if Dorian Thompson Robinson himself is going to be a future 49er, although if he fell to a, a fifth, sixth, or seventh round, might be scooped up by San Francisco. I do think the the type of quarterback is what we're seeing Kyle Shanahan in this front office target, which is you know a, a smart veteran um, guy with experience and he played five years in college, you know, over 50 games played. He at least was impressive, especially in his senior season. I know he had some ups and downs after being kind of a, a, a sexy underclassman type prospect. Uh, but, but I think it points towards what the 49ers are looking for in this draft and maybe in future ones, uh, depending on how they want to use their draft capital, uh, which is trying to find guys in those later rounds that they can maybe hit or miss on. And, and if you miss, and that's fine too, because you got 11 picks in this draft.
1: Yeah, looking at some more of you know his his numbers and and looking through the rest of the class, I might have oversold his draft position a little bit. Uh, you're probably right that it will be in the later rounds. So you know potentially the interest in in Dorian Thompson Robinson might not mean all that much about Trey Lance. But I mean, you look at who he is as a player, Evan, and you can see why. You might have a team that gets excited and, and maybe drafts him earlier than a lot of the projections. I mean, he's a guy, who, he's six foot two, so he's he's not incredibly tall, but, but he's taller than some starting quarterbacks around the NFL. He has incredible athleticism and mobility. I mean, every Saturday you, you watch a UCLA game and he's breaking off a wild 40-yard run. Uh, he definitely improved as a passer. You mentioned he had a really good last season. It was his fifth year playing most of the snaps as UCLA's quarterback and plays in a relatively quarterback friendly scheme over the last few years led by, by Chip Kelly. Um, so he had a lot of things going in his direction, uh, from looking at at the tape and and watching him play, obviously you and I are both Pac-12 guys. We watch a lot of Pac-12 football, watch a lot of UCLA football. Um, not the greatest, I don't know. I, I guess I would say reader of defenses. Uh, he he can turn the ball over. He's certainly very capable of doing that. He's, I wouldn't say he's terrible in terms of accuracy, but sometimes he just misses lurking defenders here or there, and and that leads to turnovers. So. Um, that's probably a big reason why he's 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 going to fall a little bit in the draft. But the physical tools, Evan, are really enticing, which is why I think there's a chance he could go a little bit higher than some projections. But looking at all of his turnover-worthy throws, uh, I'm, I, I would imagine that's probably his number one drawback at this point.
0: Yeah, I think that's certainly fair. And I think that's a big reason why you're seeing him projected as uh, – I think people have kind of pegged him, at least from the scouting reports that I've read, as – you know, a, a tail end QB three, a guy that could make the roster or a practice squad guy. Uh, you can never have too much quarterback depth as we saw from last year. And also I think at 23 years of age, he's, he's seasoned, he's experienced in college, but he's, he's still obviously young with room to grow. I do wonder though. And and again, I want to sort of broaden this from, from Dorian Thompson Robinson, as well as some of the other quarterbacks yeah. that we've seen the 49ers be linked to and that is guys with experience. And so if we're going to kind of, I guess, take a, a you know something away from this as it pertains to Trey Lance, I do think there is a little more hesitance for 49ers organization to look into guys that are question marks. And, and I know a lot surrounded Trey Lance's draft with COVID and, and the year being taken off as well as the FCS and kind of the competition he played against. And I know that's that's an outlier. There's not a lot of those guys that were that good at that time as Trey Lance. Uh, the majority of the guys fit the Dorian Thompson-Robinson mold or fit the Brock Purdy mold. But I do think there, there might be something there as to the 49ers being unwilling to look at a project, so to speak, if they're going to take a quarterback this year.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm glad you want to get a little bit uh, wider here because there are a couple of names. Uh, one that I know you and I were talking a little bit off air earlier today uh, before we record in the podcast. Fresno State's Jake Hayner, who's kind of a name who's gaining a little bit of steam. He had an opportunity to transfer up to Washington a couple of years ago. Uh, so he's he's a talent. He decided to stay at Fresno State and led his program to. Uh, some really good wins. And if memory serves, I think he helped beat Dorian Thompson Robinson and UCLA two years ago in the Rose Bowl for Fresno State. He's a lot of fun. Now, he's seriously undersized, um, but you watch him play uh, and you just get motivated to go out there and run through a wall because that's what he does for 60 minutes. He's he's not going to you know, shy away from contact. Now, maybe in the NFL, it's not the the best thing. Uh, But Jake Hayner is a name. I mean, I know we're recording this on Wednesday. The Niners hosted their local pro day where collegiate athletes that have ties to the Bay Area, whether they attended a school nearby for Jake Hayner, Fresno State, there were, you know, Cal athletes, Stanford athletes, San Jose State athletes as well. Also athletes that are from their, their home is in the Bay Area or nearby, but went to school elsewhere. The Niners hosted a lot of those players on Wednesday. Uh, uh, Jay Kaner is one of them. Uh, Tanner McKee from from Stanford is one of them as well. So you're right. I, I think this is probably mostly the Niners just doing their due diligence. Um, because, like I said at the top, whether or not they trade Trey Lance, Evan – I think there's a very good chance the Niners are taking a quarterback in this draft. If they trade Trey Lance, 100% they are. But even if they keep Trey Lance, uh, they're going to try to see if they can strike gold again and continue developing young, cheap quarterback talent because that is the area, the the lane in which they have identified uh, what gives them the best chance at winning. It is winning with a young, relatively cheap quarterback. And they're going to take as many swings as, as, as possible until they finally figure it out.
0: Yeah. And look, we saw them kind of do this a little bit recently with Jacob Eason. T- speaking of Washington quarterbacks, you know, the guys of the practice squad yeah. didn't necessarily expect a lot of him, but he's still in the wing, so to speak. And, and I also think that with those, th- with the Hainer, um, I if, if I guess I had to, to make a prediction about this draft, I will say that I still believe Trey Lance will not be traded. Okay, but I do think the 49ers will take a quarterback, and I don't think that that means anything for Trey Lance. Even though we are going to hear everyone <laughs> say that it does, that is w- what I think is going to happen. On- probably, yeah. I and I, I we fall on opposite sides of this, <laughs> um, and and I I absolutely hear your side. I mean, it's don't get me wrong. It's not a great sign if you know. With all the roller coaster riding he's done through the QB hierarchy, then turn around on draft night and they draft another signal caller. Like that's not great, but at least I just don't feel as if with what Kyle Shanahan has, as well as John Lynch, have invested in this guy. Plus, where they're at, just with their entire quarterback room, I honestly I think they need him at this point. And they're not going to know before draft night whether or not Brock Purdy is going to be that firm QB one that we all hope he's going to be this next year.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, the conversation, what was it, if we rewind to, what, towards the end of January after the NFC Championship game loss, and really the conversation before that as well was, you need to make sure you have a solid quarterback room. And if you asked me at that point, I I think you would agree. I know you're, you're more in this camp now already, so I would imagine you would have felt this way back then. I certainly felt this way back then. There's no way they trade Trey Lance this offseason because they need all the quarterback depth they could possibly, you know, get their hands on. I feel differently about that now, uh, but it is interesting how kind of the conversation and uh, the the general consensus, not, not general consensus, but there's a lot of people out there who think Trey Lance is going to be traded. It's wild how much it has changed uh, over a matter, matter of a couple of months because it seemed like, all right. You got a solid quarterback room now led by Brock Purdy but you need all the help you can get to sustain injuries and and keep, you know, the, this train moving forward throughout the entire season. And now it's like, eh, Trey Lance, he's on the way out. Those two things don't really jive together. In fact, they they go completely against each other. So, I don't know. I'm interested to see how it all plays out because I'm not sure there is an obvious right answer here. This is a little more muddy for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, knowing Kyle Shanahan, it's always more complicated than it seems. <laughs> yeah. And we're simply just going to have to wait this one out, it appears. Uh, but I am looking forward to Draft that because I, I think that either way, it will kind of give us an indication of potentially where this quarter, quarterback conversation goes. This is the 415ers podcast brought to you as always on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 957 The Game. Please download, rate, subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Please follow us on YouTube, uh click the links. We always appreciate comments, feedback, anything of the sort. That's Mark Grandy, I'm Evan Giddings. All right, let's let's kind of move out of the the quarterback conversation, Mark, because I do think there are a few things that this offseason is it maybe doesn't pertain to, to breaking news or anything or a guy working out or being tabbed with the 49ers. But I do think this is kind of a I don't know, maybe an interesting topic we can dig into. And that is which position right now is most open outside of the quarterback? Because this is a very good roster. And I think you could go a few different ways with this. So before I answer, I'll throw it to you first. Where does your mind go when it comes to positions right now that either, I guess, need shoring up or, you know, are just more open when it comes to those kind of OTA and preseason battles that we'll eventually see. You might not
1: like this answer, and, and maybe it's a boring answer. You're going to say know. kicker. I was going to say kicker. Yeah. <laughs> kicker. Because, I mean, we talked about it when they signed Zane yeah. Gonzalez. They gave yeah. up what a conditional seventh round swap. Mm -hmm. Essentially they gave up nothing and Zane Gonzalez has no guaranteed money on his deal. They can cut him whenever and they don't have to pay him anything. And literally it costed them the the least it could ever cost a team to acquire anyone ever a conditional seventh round swap. So it might not even happen because it's based on where the two teams finish in the standings. Um, Anyways, so, you, you look at all of that and you're wondering, okay, are they going to replace Robbie Gold? It, it seems like it's headed in that direction now. And they've already worked out a handful of kickers. Uh, you, you look at some of the reports. I you know the Athletic has been on top of this. The Auburn kicker, Anders Carlson. The Michigan kicker, Jake Moody. Maryland's kicker, Chad Ryland. There are others as well that they have uh, you know been reported with, worked out, seen play, seen kick, all of that. I think that might be the most wide-open position on the Niners right now, Evan. Uh, there are other candidates, which we will get to. I'm sure you have you have one that I haven't thought of. Uh, but kicker, I think that's wide open. It is anyone's bet who could win that job. I'm not sure the Niners trust a rookie kicker. I'm not sure they would trust a rookie kicker. Uh, it's kind of dangerous for a team that has legit Super Bowl aspirations to hand that job to a rookie kicker. But it seems to me, at least, that that job is is still wide open right now.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's that's one where, where my mind certainly goes. Uh, special teams, I mean, I guess you want to say kickoff punt return. Ray Ray McLeod, up until this past year, didn't give us a ton of confidence. Mm. But this year may have restored some of that. So he's probably the guy coming in if you want to dive into some nitty gritty on special teams. Um, the first place my mind went was was the second cornerback spot, and, yep. and I think that that's also a position that will be addressed in the draft. I don't know if it's going to be specifically for that second spot or maybe you know the nickelback position. We could see kind of a hybrid safety. I know they brought in Miles Hartsfield that can play multiple spots in the secondary, but I think they'll add to that and add some depth during the draft. I, I just I understand Diamandore Lenore. Uh, shout out to Oregon. Go ahead, Was very good filling in. For Emmanuel, uh, uh Mosley, down you know for the majority of last season, but my, my confidence in him really wavered from game to game. I know he had some great performances, especially in the postseason. Thought he was you know good against Seattle, solid against Dallas, uh, but that second position, I, I I'm just not so sure that Lenore. Is going to be able to maintain. I'm not. He doesn't have to be Trevor's ward by any means, but I do wonder if he's going to be able to one stay healthy the entire season, two be able to man down that second spot as he did last year, and right now, if you're looking at places in which you can go out and win a spot on defense, there are very few, and I do think that that second cornerback spot is one of them.
1: Yep, you're right. That's another one that my mind went to. Uh this is a big one as well. We've talked about this position not necessarily in this exact context, but we've talked about this position a lot. It's right tackle. Uh it seems like Colton McKivitz is going to be the starter, um but that seems almost by default more than he earned it. You know what I'm saying? Like this this seems like a spot where if there is You know, a third round pick, one of the Niners' first picks in this draft, that comes in and just absolutely exceeds expectations. Like that right tackle starting spot is not, you know, automatic. It's not a a given, a a dead giveaway that Colton McHivitz is going to start Week One. Now they have Jalen Moore as well. Jason Poe is young, but he's more of an interior offensive lineman. That's a spot where if if the Niners hit on a young tackle, Evan. And he has a great offseason, a great rookie minicamp, a great OTAs, and plays well in the preseason. That could be a spot where you see a starting job one late in this offseason. Similar to to Spencer Burford this most recent year. I know he kind of split time a lot of the season, but for the most part, he was the team's starting right guard. I know tackle is different, um, but I, I think that's also a spot where there's a chance the Niners – starting right tackle week one or at least at some point this coming season is not on the roster yet i would not be surprised if they find a right tackle that they adore in this draft he has a great off season and maybe he doesn't start week one evan but as the weeks move along he continues to to progress and improve and then suddenly he's this team starter and they move colton the kivitz back to kind of a, a depth piece, a fill-in here or there, wherever there's a, a nick or a bruise or an injury for a week, uh, I would not be surprised if that happens. It, it seems like they have their starter, but I think of all the you know, the set starters, that one is probably the most susceptible to to being, I don't know, switched to, to, for, for the Niners to, to make a, a different decision at that spot.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I do think that the right tackle spot, if you're looking at the entirety of of the offense outside of maybe the third wide receiver um, or, I don't know, I mean, potentially center. You know, they brought in John Feliciano primarily to be a backup, but Jake Brendel appears slated for that spot as of now. That could change. Uh, but I'm with you that there probably is the biggest question mark on that offense at the right tackle spot. I also do think the second defensive end spot right now is kind of open uh, opposite Nick Bosa. There's a very high standard on the other side. So look, you know, Clellan Farrell, they brought in from the Raiders, uh, you know, former top round pick. He's going to have a chance to challenge. I know they're hoping that Drake Jackson can take that leap in his second season. And and, and I I believe he can, too, because I thought the talent showed. But I also saw Kyle Shanahan's actions when it came to Drake Jackson last year. He was inactive for five of the last six regular season games. Didn't play at all in the entire playoffs after registering, I think, three sacks in his first six games. And there was talk of him hitting a rookie wall. And so I think that that other defensive end spot is going to be open for for grabs. I know that the Niners like to rotate guys in up on the defensive line and so maybe it's not a matter of who's starting as opposed to who's finishing who's in most who's in you know third down situations who's the pass rusher who's more of a run stopper um but i do think we're going to see a lot of different names thrown in at that second dn spot opposite nick bosa
1: i think if there is one position if you you were asked evan what position do the niners draft the most of this year they have 11 picks which which position is their most popular pick i think it's probably defensive end because you know they have nick bosa as you mentioned they have drake jackson you mentioned farrell who 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 they just signed who was really highly drafted out of clemson but has bounced around in the league so far they also got austin bryant who's kind of been a journeyman but besides that there's like basically no one else and and you don't Nothing against those two guys, but I'm not sure how much you want to rely on those two guys in big moments this coming season. So, And the Niners' philosophy, as we know, is offensive and defensive line, and they're showing this offseason it's specifically defensive line. So if I had to make a bet which position the Niners draft more than any other position this coming draft in in a couple of weeks, I think it might be defensive end specifically.
0: I can see that. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with that. And, and I think with the amount of guys that they keep active on game days, the majority yeah. of those guys, or I guess the the largest amount of guys they keep at a certain position group is the defensive line. So I could absolutely see that. This is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network on 95.7 The Game. That's Mark Grandy. Please follow him on social at Mark Grandi, Mark with a C, Grandy with an I. My name is Evan Giddings. Follow me on social at EGiddings10. We appreciate all your support throughout this offseason coming at you twice a week. All right, Mark. Um, along the lines of some other non-quarterback discussions, I, I thought it might be a time to kind of take a look at okay, so we're talking about, you know, the quarterbacks that need to step up, guys that need to develop. Uh, we've talked about Brandon Ayuk and his, you know, cryptic messages about his future in San Francisco and who needs to step up on and the wide receiver and the position groups. So I think you can kind of go a lot of different ways with this next question that we want to pose, which is which non quarterback has to take the next step this off season. I have a few different names that come to mind and kind of like our last question, I found it a little bit difficult to decide on one, uh, sure. but I'm curious, what do you think about this?
1: Uh, the first one that came to mind for me is a guy you already mentioned on, on our last stake segment about open positions. It's the, at the corner spot and it's or Lenore for me, if he has a great off season, and steps up and and kind of transforms Evan, that answers a ton of questions for the 49ers this offseason because everything you laid out just a little bit ago, and in, if this is the first segment you're listening to here on the 415ers, I would suggest going back, finding our other segment, and, and listening to that one first, and then coming back here to this one. Everything you laid out is 100% right. Diamandar Lenore did a fair job filling in for the injured Emmanuel Mosley. But if he takes the next step forward and is a legitimate starting corner, not a number one corner, you have Mooney Ward, but as a legitimate starting corner, and not the the nickel corner, not the slot guy, a legitimate starting corner for this Niners defense, it makes everything so much easier for them to, to kind of figure out and to fit the remaining puzzle pieces together. If you already have two solid corners that you believe in Everything else becomes 10 times easier. So I, I think for me, when you look at the defense right now, you already talked about it. Where is that weakness? Where are the questions? It's that second cornerback spot right now. If or Lenore has a fantastic offseason heading into year number three and suddenly becomes, you know, a solid number two corner for this Niners defense, everything becomes easier. So I think for me that that's number one. If he has a gigantic offseason for the 49ers, you know, their issues become extremely minimized suddenly.
0: Yeah. Especially with how much better their defensive line is probably going to be with the addition of Hargrave. There's going to be even less time for quarterbacks to get that ball out. And so if Lenore can just lock things up for two and a half, three seconds, yeah. uh, that's going to be huge. I, I'm with you to an extent. and And I want to, First, explain my thought process before I get into who I think should be my guy. And I hear you on Lenore. I also think you could look at McKivitz. You could look at Brendel, guys that are slated for starting spot. They maybe had at certain points last year. And I hope that they prove me wrong. But my doubt in those three players means that I cannot... (laughs) I cannot slot them into this conversation because I, I I just don't think there's much of a ceiling for those guys. Again, I'm hope that I'm wrong, but I think that we're gonna see all three of those guys at different points this next year become a little bit exposed. My pick for this is still in the secondary, and it might it might shock you, it might not. It's Talanoa Hufango. Oh, there is a major void left in the secondary by Jimmy Ward and his veteran leadership being the most previously tenured 49er now being gone. I know that they re-signed to Sean Gibson, who was good for them last year and was a big reason that Jimmy Ward had to move to the slot. But Hufanga, it's going to be his third season. I think there's still a ceiling even more so that he can reach. And he was a first-team all-pro safety last year. He was very good. But he also was a bit of a center fielder and that got him beat at times. I think he gave up six or seven touchdowns in a passing game. I think there's room for improvement there. I think he's already great in the box. I think he's a heat seeking missile, but I think that as far as leadership off the field and on it, of course, as well as being better in pass coverage are areas that Talano Oho can realistically take the next step in this off And I think that those areas will also help, guys like Diamador Lenore, as well as whoever's in the slot, because he'll be so much better in the secondary being able to move those chess pieces. We already got Fred Warner. You already got a dominant defensive line. So you got quarterbacks in the middle and up front, but you need that guy on the back end. And I think Hufanga can take the next step in that sense to be that guy next season.
1: I think the your point about leadership in that secondary is big. I mean, you're not lacking leadership on the defense in general. Fred Warner is as, as good as it comes Nick Bosa, while he is uh, more reserved, I mean, what, we learned about him giving a lot of the the pregame and locker room speeches this season. He does leadership maybe a little differently than some other guys, but he's certainly a leader defensively. But specifically on the secondary, you're right. I mean, two years ago, they had Joukowsky-Tart and Jimmy Ward as the starting safeties, both very long 49ers. Of course, Joukowsky-Tart moved on after – two seasons ago not this most recent season but the one before that and and now jimmy ward uh with the houston texans and suddenly you're right there is kind of a uh a lack of 49er experience in the defensive secondary you have gibson a one-year 49er you have mooney ward a one-year entering second year for both those guys 49. Or you have or Lenore, as we talked about, entering his third year and Talanoa Hufanga entering his third year. So you're totally right. Maybe it's a little less on field play because, as you mentioned, he was already great. There's still room to improve, but it's more so kind of, um, you know, taking over that leadership mantle that Jimmy Ward had held for such a long time in the secondary. That's really important. So I I like that. That's a good one.
0: I also think, and look, it's not a guy who needs to take a a step up, but I think he needs to, you know, perhaps try and find a way to recapture what he had two seasons ago. And that might be Debo Samuel. I I know he was banged up a lot this year and that allowed for a guy like Brandon Ayuk to take center stage. Of course, Christian McCaffrey played a big part in that. Uh, But if Debo Samuel is going to live up to the contract that he signed last offseason. I, I am going to, I am going to need to see more out of him uh, And, and we've talked a lot about the decisions that the 49ers will have to make at the wide receiver spot and whether that includes Debo Samuel in the future. So, you know, maybe it's not just him stepping up to, of course, help the 49ers help them win and ideally capture a Super Bowl next year, but also potentially keep this spot. So I, I think that might be one to keep an eye on as well.
1: Well, it's funny you brought that up because before we did wrap this up, I, I was going to hit you with one that okay. I thought might be coming a little bit out of left field. Um, Danny Gray, this might be like a a year ahead. We've we've talked (laughs) about this, but let's say Danny Gray has a great off season, Mm -hmm. not necessarily going to get a ton of snaps this year, you would imagine, but he's going to be featured if he has a a great off season, he can fly, he can take the top off the defense. And that's kind of the, the one receiver the Niners don't have right now. Let's say he has a great off season. That, I think, gives the 49ers the extra little oomph, the extra confidence, the extra push to make them be okay with pulling the trigger on a big move in the wide receiver room. Because we've talked about it. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, the contract numbers, it's going to become an issue at some point. A year from now is when the Niners will really have to make a decision about it. But a good offseason followed by a good actual season from Danny Gray, Evan, I think will put the Niners' mind at ease regarding that decision on Ayuk and Debo a year from now. So while I'm probably getting a little bit too in the weeds, I think this is a big offseason for Danny Gray from the perspective of the 49ers' future planning purposes. If Danny Gray has a terrible offseason and they see zero improvement, and they feel the need to go out and get someone out in the draft and maybe that doesn't work out either. I don't know. It just could make their decision when it comes to, you know, those contracts, it could make it a little more difficult, but Danny gray with solid progression, this off season, with some, you know, showings in the regular season, I think makes that decision a little bit easier. So maybe, excuse me, I hit my mic there. Maybe I'm, I'm getting a little bit too into it here, but I, a, a Danny Gray offseason turnaround, I think, could, could work wonders for the 49ers as well.
0: Yeah, no, I I really like Danny Gray, and you know I was a bit perplexed as to why we couldn't see him more on the field, especially at the beginning of last season, and who knows, that there was a lot of different shuffling with quarterbacks, and Danny Gray's strength is perhaps Trey Lance's, but not really Jimmy Garoppolo's when it comes to arm strength, and maybe not Brock. I, I, I'm honestly not sure, but I'm with <laughs> you that... I expect to see and hear more about Danny Gray. I'm not sure if it'll translate down the line, but it's yeah. something to keep note of. Absolutely. Uh, I also do think, like, I mean, the 49ers have 11 draft picks this year. So we've already established offensive line. We've already, I, I do think, I think they're taking a tight end. I, I also would not be surprised. And maybe we, this is where we can start our next episode where we think those third round picks are going because mm-hmm. Dorian Thompson Robinson could project to be more of a fifth, sixth, or seventh type of quarterback. The 49ers could take a chance on. Um, but I do think next episode, we, we can take a look at where the 49ers will prioritize and, and perhaps uh, throw a couple names out there, make some predictions, some declarations. Mm. Uh, I'm looking forward to that as well.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We'll have to do some, uh, deep dive research on our big boards getting ready for the draft here coming up for next episode because what you're probably listening to this on thursday the draft is two weeks away get
0: ready yeah my draft board's probably gonna look a lot like this uh for those listening it's kind of just <laughs> a scribble in the background a lot of different lines going in different directions awkwardly that's probably what my, my draft board's gonna look like in two weeks
1: fair enough you, you'll be able to Get some takes out of it, though. You'll figure it out. Exactly. I, I yeah, you. a
0: lot of different names, a lot of different directions. <laughs> and uh two episodes a week. That's what we got coming your way in the 415ers podcast. So we appreciate you tuning into this Thursday's episode as you're listening. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. That's Mark Grandi. I'm Evan Gidding saying so long. It's been the 415ers and the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. We'll talk to you next time.